Okay, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you. I hope everyone had a great meal, and, and this is part of the experience of being able to to go out with each other and fellowship and spend some time. And I don't know if all of you uh, had any conversation or discussion about uh, the seminar, um, but the, where I was, where we were meeting, we were actually having a conversation about issues of forgiveness and talking about uh, things that we experience. And I think that's all part of the fellowship time, too, as well, to, to use that time as, uh, with value to be able to have conversations about those things. Because I will be giving you, I don't want to call it homework, I don't think that's the right word for it, but <clears throat> just giving you an opportunity to look at uh, and honestly write down some names of people in your life. And I'll ask you to do that at a certain point here before we're ready <coughs> in the evening. And what I want you to do is think about those relationships that you had in the past that you think or believe should be dealt with when it comes to reconciling one way or the other. doesn't mean that you have to have any sort of a confrontation with this person, but things that are hanging in your life that you think that you should deal with, people in your life that you have had rough patches or relationships with, making sure that you're taking every single part of that relationship and giving it to the Lord and asking him what you should be doing with that or how you should be resolving those issues. It may be something you need to do on your own. But I want you to really think on those terms. And I want, for those of you who were here before, you understand why we went through this exercise about the joy of forgiveness and the importance of that. Um, and just for those people who were not here, we why don't you, someone, go ahead and volunteer to read off some of the things we jotted down about what you get from looking at that passage, for those of you, that's the blue handout. Who wants to volunteer and read some of the things that we discussed? Go right ahead. Say it nice and loud for everybody to hear you. Be honest with yourself. Okay. Being honest with yourself. That's a good one. I'm sorry? There is relief in forgiveness. And for those of you who weren't here, you're welcome to jot those things down. I don't want to go over all of those again, but when you read that passage, you should be seeing relief, being honest. What was the word you? That was there was a word you circled on that, uh, Big Jim. What was the word you circled? Acknowledge. Acknowledge. You have to acknowledge. You need to acknowledge Before. the sin, right? Exactly. And that's part of what confession. Confession is acknowledging your sin. You're confessing the sin that you committed, and by doing so, you feel from the Lord this relief. What else did we say about that passage? What were the other descriptives we had about that? Prayer is an element of relief. Prayer is the important element in that leads to getting this relief. Prayer is a key part of confession, acknowledgement, right? Okay. What else? You talked about the burden of guilt. Okay. And you get relief from that. Right. The guilt once you've confessed. Okay. Because it was a burden. It was a burden on him. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> what else? Comes from that relief comes uh, protection and deliverance from uh, the trouble and the burdens that you were carrying. That's right. Relief comes protection and deliverance from trouble. You're recognizing that God is the one who is responding to your confession, and he's giving you deliverance and protection. And that's all in this passage, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, what else? Yes. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. Then after the protection and deliverance, then you start getting counsel. God is speaking to, through the psalmist in this passage, about instruction and counsel with understanding. Mm -hmm. Because you trusted the Lord, brought all of your sin to him, he is giving you relief, and now he's giving you instruction and counsel with wisdom and understanding. You know, what was it? what's the, uh, the psalm about wisdom and understanding? It's one of the first things that's talked about. Listening to the psalms, listening because they provide wisdom and understanding. That's exactly what you want. You, that's exactly what we all need from the Lord, isn't it? We want wisdom and understanding on how to be able to live and proceed in our lives. Okay. Um, what else? Anything else? Restoration in verse 11. Restoration in verse 11. You're being, you're, being, you're being glad in the Lord and rejoicing because you are being restored. God has restored you. Those are all the things that we see in forgiveness. And if you're not realizing or maximizing on the potential, then you're missing out. You're leaving something at the table. So that's why it's very important for you to look at all relationships that you've been involved in and going back as far as you can remember and think about and making sure that you've dealt with all of those things. Okay, This isn't some weird science or isn't some um, psychobabble that, that's talking about that because there's plenty of that. Trust me, there's a, and I'm going to play a video for you later too that's going to show you an example of how the world looks at forgiveness but how we're looking at it completely differently here from a biblical perspective on what true forgiveness really is. Because you can go to a counselor, you can go and talk to somebody, and again, you can tell them your troubles, and they'll have all kinds of worldly responses to that, but it's not biblical counsel. And what you're going to find missing in that, I'm going to give you a comparative so you can see those things. So let's, let's do this. We've, we've kind of had a conversation now about um, the joy of forgiveness. Let's go ahead and get to... Oh, we're not breaking yet. That's a little early. Don't ignore that, what's behind the curtain. Okay. I want you to look at this video. And I want you to jot down some things that you observe in this video that are going to hopefully... of her life. I tried to plan for everything, but some things I couldn't plan for. Auntie B, thank you so much for helping with everything. I really appreciate it. So we have everything we need. Everything's fine? Um, I think so, but just to recap, we're doing orchids, not roses, and the aisle runner and everything. I want them to match the soft white of the ribbons and everything else. Okay, uh -huh. you're doing it again. I'm sorry. Ugh. I'm so used to having everything in control. That's why you hired your Auntie B. That's what I do. Okay. Notice so you need to saying. just relax and let me do thing. what I do. Okay. Okay. All right. So save up all of that energy for that fine, fine future husband that you have. 
Okay, uh, I guess. <laughs> God-fearing and gorgeous. Oh. And a you bastard. I wouldn't be stressing about no wedding. Oh, no? Child, please. Can you say Vegas? Girl, I'd be tearing up that strip all the way to Vegas soon as he's proposed to me. Really? Can't leave no fine brother like that out on the market. Right. Mm -hmm. I can show you, young girls, a little bit about how to take care of a man. Yeah, I be good to Try to overlook oh, the bad acting, too. We're in the church, sir. <laughs> I gotta keep it holy, right? Yes, please. Hallelujah. Okay. Oh. Hey, Michael. We're right on time. Oh. Yes, right on time. And we're about to be late, so we gotta go. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna leave. Um, I have a whole lot more planning that I need to do for this big thing. So, um, I'm gonna see you two lovebirds later, okay? Okay, I think. All right. <laughs> see you later. Spit, um, hold on. Hey, you never told me who's gonna be walking you down the aisle. I need to put it in the program. No one. Not me. Um, just me. Anything else? Nope, I guess I'm good. <laughs> Bye. Michael, I can't believe you talked me into hiring Avi. The woman is crazy. Plus, I think she has a crush on you. Avi's harmless. Now, she's good at what she does, but that lady's a little bit crazy, though. No, seriously, um, Kayla, I do need to talk to you. Well, whatever it is, can wait, because we're about to be late for a wedding shower. Oh, uh, I have a surprise. A surprise? Yes, a surprise. What kind of surprise? Come on. Let's <laughs> Kayla, you know how much family means to me, right? Well, I thought it'd be nice if we all came together on a special day. So, I found it. You found who? What are you talking about, Michael? Found your father. You what? Kayla. Hey. What is he doing here? How could you? Hey. Kay. Don't call me that. I told you I never wanted to see you again. Just stay away from me. Hold up, Kayla. Wait. How could you? Hey, your father wants to talk to you. Now I brought him down here because I thought it was the best thing for us. How is bringing the man? Who, 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 what, Kayla? You haven't talked to the man in ten years. I don't understand you. I don't know what it is with you, Caleb. But God wants you to forgive. God? God? Don't you dare preach to me what you know nothing about, Michael. KK. What? You ruined my life. You have to ruin this, too. I just want to talk to you. I, I just want to be given the chance to let you know how sorry I am. Now, where have I heard that before? No matter what you think, Kayla, I love your mother. And I love you. How dare you? How dare you bring her up after what you did to her? I know this is hard for you to believe, but I love your mother, Kayla. Love. You don't know the first thing about love. No, let me tell you about love. Love is watching your father beat your mother's face in every night, drunk. No, 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 no. 
Better yet, love is your father selling the deed of her house for drugs. Oh, how about stealing your daughter's college fund to get high? Is that your love? I regret all those things. I was out of my mind back then. I don't know what I was thinking. I will never forgive you. I watched as my mother cried, praying for you every night. Nothing she did was good enough. Where was your love then? I know I messed up. I know that. But that's been 10 years. I've changed. I've gotten sober. And you remember when you used to always talk to me about God, Kayla? I'm in a church and... And I did it for you, Kayla. Right. Look at you. You're grown up. And you're getting married. And I want to be a part of that, Kayla. I, I want to be a part of my baby's life. Like hell you will. You're about ten years too late. Kay, hold on. Kay, Kay, I'm sorry. I understand why you're so angry now. But you can't keep letting this resentment fester inside of you like this. It's only going to destroy you. You don't understand. I know you meant well, but you don't understand. That man will never change. I forget. How could I let it go? 
pastor talking to Michael and I about forgiveness, I kept hearing his words over and over again. The thing about being able to let go is that I remember reading this passage and Peter asked the Lord, he said, well, Lord, if someone, if someone sins against me, how many times am I supposed to forgive them, Lord? He says, 70 times 7. I will never forgive you. That means that no one can cause you harm. No one can cause you anger. No one can do anything to you that can cause you not to forgive them. Comments? Need to think about it? Okay. It's not something you can do on your own. Recap, let's recap how long this has been festering. Ten years. Over ten. Yeah, if you really think about it. This was not just one incident. This was a period of time. We kind of say ten years, but we're talking about beating her, beating her mother, being drunk, stealing from the college fund, selling the deed to the house for drugs, and the thing we have to take into account here is that the daughter didn't know why he was doing all these things. And sometimes we have to back up and say, there's a reason why someone does what they do. It may not be a good reason. It may not be a reason we would even accept. But the aunt had to explain 
that he was abused. And that's, that's the reasoning behind it, that he was angry all the time coming back from the war, and he took it all out on the kids. So how was that being manifested? Was that a justification for his behavior? No. no. But it was an explanation. Huh? Was it Walter or his father? Well, the aunt was explaining that the father's father yeah. was had come back and was angry right. from the war. Okay. Now I'm just this is just a story, okay? We already we already got that. But I want you to take into account all the different issues that were taking place here. So we're talking about someone who has been go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say she's in control with her wedding stuff, but she wasn't in control with that heart forgiveness. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's very true. You, can I say something? Yeah, absolutely. Um, her, her, her aunt told her, uh, her that her father was doing that, that. He did all that to her. Right. But he still loved her. Yes. Um, let me tell you, that is true. Because I was 15 years old. And I was abused when I was young. Okay. And and I was um I had to go see my counselor at school because I you know when I, when I went to school I had whips all on all me and stuff you know and my mama she just she just really abused me because um my my baby sister and brother they had you know they they had the same daddy mm -hmm. and then then. I, you know, my he he adopted me, okay. and I didn't know that he had adopted me until I got 16. But and then I, you know, I was going through all this this with her. She was real angry with me, everything, you know, and I didn't quite understand why. Mm -hmm. And then the counselor told me the same thing that the aunt the auntie told that girl, and I said she loved me. And she said, yes, she loves you. Mm -hmm. I said, wow. Mm -hmm. And she abused me like this. Mm -hmm. And then uh, eventually I wound up being put um, ward of the state, okay. you know. And, um, and I guess it was right, you know. Okay. She, my mama, she was really big. And, you know, this morning, you know, this morning, you said today, you know, when you said, Today, this morning, I was I was outside. I was waiting on the bus. I said, Lord, I say I forgive my mama. Mm -hmm. I say in my heart, I forgive my mama. Mm -hmm. And I was abused by my husband. Okay. I say I forgive my husband. Okay. And you know, I just you know, I just I you know, everybody that was you know, I you know, that come against me, mm -hmm. I asked the Lord to forgive me. Yeah, that's one thing we also have to amen to that. Amen. One thing we have to understand about unforgiveness, it is sin. As much as as much as you you know, we don't like to usually con connect the words. But what she said at the end, you might have picked up on it. You were wrong for all the stuff you did to me. But yes. she also said she was just as wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes, I said that too. I said that, I said that this morning. Okay. <laughs> she was just as wrong for not forgiving. Mm -hmm. 
And that's hard sometimes for us to see because of, remember all the stuff that he did. And there was just, basically there was just bullet points of stuff that he did. And she was harboring this for 10 years. But when she came back around and thought about, and she was really relying upon the, te- the teaching of Jesus Christ, that unforgiveness is something that was a total block in her life. She was angry. She was deep down, even though she was getting ready to marry somebody, she was unhappy. <coughs> yes? I was going to point one point that I brought out. Okay. Even though she was went from a happy situation. Yes. And and I think that's one of the tricky parts of, of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you may think you feel about a certain situation, right. she quickly went to the other side when she saw him. I mean, it just took her from one realm just real quickly. And, and I'm sure she probably even realized she yeah. had that in her. That's or right. Maybe not even wanted to expose that so quickly because I'm supposed to be the Christian <laughs> and married yeah. over here. And, and she so quickly turned yeah. to the anger. It took her from one spectrum to the other. Yeah, the, the cinematographer in this did the quick record scratch. You know, you picked up on that. As soon as he, as soon as he walked in, that was for effect, obviously. But, but, that's, but that's exactly what I think they were trying to show. How quickly did she change from this person who was supposed to be getting married to this angry, I don't want anything. Why is he here? What are you doing? And, and got mad at her, at her future husband, got mad about it, got mad at everybody around, didn't want to hear anybody say anything, don't you dare talk to me that way, don't you dare say this, you talk about God wants me to forgive you, don't you dare preach to me, see how the anger was coming out, yes, yes, it was hiding, That's right. It can come at the most inopportune time when you're trying to impress your future husband. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Very true. But yes. Wasn't, wasn't it amazing that um, she changed that fast because she said he never could? Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Oh, yeah. 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 She had said, yeah, yeah. he'll he never change. change. Yeah. Yeah. He's always going to be the, the drug-taking, yeah. drinking, abusing, <laughs> steal-from-you type of a dad. Never really gave him an opportunity to change, even though he said he had changed. Yes. I think it helped her when she heard what Aunt B said, too, because he had been mistreated. Yeah. And that he had changed. He was going to church. Mm-hmm. She said he was a Christian or not, but I think she said... Well, he said himself he was going to church. He didn't hear the word Christian, but he had known that he had changed. The thing that he said was, I did it for you. Well, yeah. You can you can pull, pick that one apart if you want to because ultimately you do it you're doing it for you're doing it for the Lord and you're doing it for yourself. But he also knew he had to try to reconcile with his daughter. That was something that was not it wasn't going to happen. And I and I I kind of thought of that when I heard that. I'm saying, well, let me see if anybody picked up on that comment or not. That's okay. That was good though that you picked up on that. Anyone else? That really told a good story, I thought. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that you, you look at what it takes to forgive someone, and it really comes back to remembering what Scripture is saying. Now, she was being reminded of what Scripture mm-hmm. said. She knew what Scripture said. She understood that, but just chose to ignore it mm-hmm. up until that moment. And you almost feel wonder, did she do it? Because 
his, her dad was having cancer and it was terminal. Where, uh, did you hear that? I mean, I don't know if you heard that or not. But that just kind of makes you wonder, what was the trigger for her to say, okay, I, I guess I should forgive him? After a few hours of sitting there and, and, and supposedly seeking the Lord or whatever it was. But that was something that we got to look at all of these things here and take it into account. I would hate to think that it would be the fact that he was dying to decide that it was time to forgive. Yeah. That's a little disturbing. Okay. It may have helped, but that doesn't. Does someone have to be dying? That's my point. Before you. You want to have time to forgive them before they die. Well, that's true, but I'm just saying, what was the trigger for her to finally say? Get understanding of how his life was. Yeah. That was, I think that was the trigger. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with him dying. Okay, that's fine. But it was a blessing that it worked out that way before he died. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, the, the, the man is practically on, on death's doors, and he's getting some sympathy now. I shouldn't be laughing because he said <laughs> the way he said it. Go ahead. It was the way he said it, that's all. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Dude. Were you done, Charles? Go ahead. Okay. And, and, and I, when, I, when I first heard him say that, that's just stuck in my mind. Okay. Is he really forgiving and, and apologizing, or is he trying to invoke some sympathy? Okay. He's trying to soften her heart a little bit. Well, okay. Most people do that when they get ready to die. You want their big peace. That's true. A lot of times, it's, but it's not the right peace like with the Lord. But they yes. want to make peace with people that they wrong. Did you want to make your point? I would get Gus or? That's true. She brought that up. She said she didn't know she should say it or not. sharing. I want you to make a note, and and this is not really homework, something you can do on your own. Uh, It's a good idea for you to write down and make a note of people in your life. You do not need to share this, but this is something that you would do on your own and use this as a time of personal reflection. Write down these people in your life that you know you need to either work through forgiveness, forgiving that person, um, and we'll talk more about the ones where it comes back the other way as well, too. That, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. But 
Just make a note of that because ultimately it really does come down to just looking at it being acted out the way you saw that. You kind of saw the stages a person goes through when they have unforgiveness. Even though on the surface everything looks great and all rosy, that anger which turns into bitterness is there. And that bitterness and anger, as you saw, that person, you couldn't tell them anything. Even when they were talking about God wants you to forgive. Didn't want to hear it. Notice that. That's And that's a person who's supposed to know better. What? Go ahead. Just a little aside. Yeah. I know of a, an incident where the person didn't know that this person had done something. Mm-hmm. And the person walked up to the person in church and said, uh, I'm very sorry. Like you said, like I went with your wife while you were married. Mm-hmm. And I think you could have left that part out. Because then that person, you know, asked for forgiveness from the Lord. But don't tell the person because that person didn't even know. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. Well, That person didn't know. And after that, he just sort of looked at that person Oh boy, I could have done without that. Well, it happened years ago. Well, let's... All right, not to... <laughs> understand something. For a person to walk up to someone and say something like that, it really bothered them. Yeah. Everybody's different. There was guilt. A lot of guilt. A lot of guilt. Yes. I, the, the reason... The one thing that... I, that, that the one thing that I got... got The one reason that I got over my mama and all my stuff, since you don't want nobody to know to say anything, is the is the Bible. It says, when your mother and your father forsake you, then the Lord will lift you up. Mm-hmm. And that's what. Thank you. God's word provides wisdom. And understanding that allows you to be able to deal with very, very difficult situations. And that's the one thing that helped me all my life was some words right there. Okay. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Real quick, because we want to end on time, I'm going to give you this perspective. Now, notice that there will be very little mention. Uh, this is something that I found uh, off of Prager University, which is uh, some online school or something like that. But there's a topic of forgiveness here. And I want you to look at the, the perspective from the worldly perspective of forgiveness because I want you to see a comparative here. And you tell me what's missing later, okay? Forgive but not forget. Or trust but verify. By using forbearance, you are able to maintain ties to people who, oh, I gotta go back. while Hold far on. from perfect, That's too are far. still important to you. Plays of Shakespeare. My no. bad. Familiar with Italian opera or the plays of Shakespeare knows the terrible price paid for grudges, vendetta, and revenge. Under the sway of these emotions, painful incidents linger in the mind, sapping our ability to find peace and happiness. The 18th century English poet Alexander Pope gave us the antidote to err is human, to forgive divine. But finding a way to forgive without giving up our principles is often no easy task. 
In this course, I'm going to address what forgiveness is and how to implement it. I'll be speaking here about forgiveness where it is most often needed, in the context of your everyday personal life with family members, friends, co-workers, and business associates. One of our challenges in understanding this process is that the word forgiveness is inadequate to explain a very complex concept. Forgiveness actually embodies three different things, each of which applies to different situations and provides different results. The three types of forgiveness are exoneration, forbearance, and release. Let's take each in turn. Exoneration is the closest to what we usually think of when we say forgiveness. Exoneration is wiping the slate entirely clean and restoring a relationship to the full state of innocence it had before the harmful actions took place. There are three common situations in which exoneration applies. The first takes place when you realize that the harmful action was a genuine accident for which no fault can be assigned. The second is when the offender is a child or someone else who, for whatever reason, simply didn't understand the hurt they were inflicting and toward whom you have loving feelings. The third situation occurs when the person who hurt you is truly sorry, takes full responsibility without excuses for what they did, asks forgiveness, and gives you confidence that they will not knowingly repeat their bad action in the future. In all such situations, it is essential to accept their apology and offer them the complete forgiveness of exoneration. You'll feel better, and so will the person who hurt you. In fact, not to offer forgiveness in these circumstances would be harmful to your own well-being. It might even suggest that there is something more wrong with you than with the person who caused you pain. The second type of forgiveness I call forbearance, and here things get a little more complicated. Forbearance applies when the offender makes a partial apology or mingles their expression of sorrow with blame that you somehow caused them to behave badly. An apology is offered, but it is not what you had hoped for and may not even be fully authentic. While you should always reflect on whether there was a provocation on your part, even when you bear no responsibility, you should exercise forbearance if the relationship matters to you. Cease dwelling on the particular offense, do away with grudges and fantasies of revenge, but retain a degree of watchfulness. This is similar to forgive but not forget, or trust but verify. By using forbearance, you are able to maintain ties to people who, while far from perfect, are still important to you. Furthermore, in some cases, after a sufficient period of good behavior, forbearance can rise to exoneration and full forgiveness. But what do you do when the person who hurt you doesn't even acknowledge that they've done anything wrong or gives an obviously insincere apology, making no reparations whatsoever? These are the cases of forgiveness that are the most challenging. In my practice, I find this in such examples as adult survivors of child abuse, business people who've been cheated by their partners, or friends or relatives who've betrayed one another. Still, even here, there is a solution. I call it release, the third type of forgiveness. Release does not exonerate the offender, nor does it require forbearance. It doesn't even demand that you continue the relationship. But it does ask that instead of continuing to define your life in terms of the hurt done, you release your bad feelings and your preoccupation with the negative things that happened to you.
Release does something that is critically important. It allows you to let go of the burden, the silent tax that is weighing you down and eating away at your chance for happiness. If you do not release the pain and anger and move past dwelling on old hurts and betrayals, you will be allowing the ones who hurt you to live rent-free in your mind, reliving forever the persecution that the original incident started. Whether you get there through your own efforts, through psychotherapy, through religion, or some other method, release liberates you from the tyranny of living in the traumatic past, even when the other forms of forgiveness, exoneration and forbearance, are not possible. Exoneration, forbearance, release. To forgive may be divine, but when we understand its dimensions, we find that it is within our ability to do it. I'm Dr. Stephen Marmer of UCLA Medical School for Prager University. Join Prager University, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and sign up for free. All right. Comments? Pardon me? I don't I don't know how you do any of that without God. Now, a lot of the things that were said were very true. But notice at the end, the only mention, there was no mention of God at all. There was one mention of psychotherapy or religion to help cope with this thing. But to your point, that's what was missing, wasn't it? Well, put it this way, how do you do that without God and have it stick? Because some people can play at it for a little while. Right. But usually, because it's, of your own effort, it falls Oops, apart. Wrong one. That's almost, that's, I just keep going, Lori, how genuine is it? Yeah. it I mean, deal, intellectually. It with an considered a solution. Because you're not trusting God to take care of it at that point. You're trusting that you're letting go of it takes care of it, and eventually that might not satisfy anymore. Right. Okay. Anyone else? Psychologically, we can do it. But in order to do it, you have to set, shut down part of your emotional part or attachment with that person so that that person can be in the room with you, but emotionally, they're not. <coughs> so it is a place where you set in your mind, this person, in a sense, really no longer exists. Mm -hmm. So psychologically, you can do it. The other thing that he said at the very end, where you block the pain, is the same way that they're teaching in Atlanta, where you can have a tooth pulled, you can have certain type of surgery pulled, because you put your mind somewhere else, <laughs> rather than on what's happening to you at the moment. And therefore, you can have the tooth pulled, you can have the low light surgery done without any pain or anything, because you have put your mind somewhere else. And, and in doing that, you dismiss the pain. The reality is what Donna said. How genuine is something? Because you can teach yourself to shut down. You can teach yourself the pain's not there. And you can deny it. But the reality is, how genuine is it? Because that's all that aspirin does. The pain is still there. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what Tylenol does. It just shuts off the nerve endings. Yes. That's all you're feeling. Okay. Yeah. 
so so are we really just talking about a feeling? Mm. And it's to love is a commandment. Mm. It's not a feeling. That's right. So to forgive is a commandment. Yeah. You can't do it on your own. No, but remember when you say love, without feeling. we can do the brotherly love and we can have the fleshly love. But God commands us to love with agape love, which only he gives. That's right. So that, there's that different type of love than that we are giving, and not the fleshly love. Right. So, so the world teaches itself how to shut down. The difference is, it's not taken away. That's right. I think it's, God does it's, it's not something that happens in an instant. It's a process. I mean, that's something you have to you have to make the choice to do. And that's on not a on daily our own. Basis. Right. And that's no. not on our own. No. We're praying every day, Lord, mm -hmm. love this person till I get there. It is what it is. But I think the point that Gus is making is that we are forgiving with agape love. It's so not. Saying, it's not, a it's feeling, not our. It's yeah. not intellectual. Nope. It has nothing to do with That's right. how you do it. That's right. Okay. Yes. It's I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's in the inside of you? Yeah. The scripture said, "Whatever's in you, it's going to come out eventually." Yeah. That's that's the part that you have to deal with. It's the core of you, mm -hmm. which is the inner man. You have to deal there. Okay. You don't start there. You got to start. You have to be willing to be taught. There are things you have to, that is absolutely true. The process of forgiveness means you are denying and you are allowing God to help you through that process. We're going to talk a lot more about that tomorrow. This was a great start. I hope it got your juices flowing a little bit about what we'll be talking about um, more tomorrow as we get started again. So. I think it's a great time to break. We're on time. And thank you very much for being here. Enjoy your time uh, for those of you who are staying at the hotel. And note that we will have, there are some snacks that I'll let the hostess tell you what's going on with that. Um, there's pots and water in the fridge, there's fruit snacks, maybe one package of yogurt grapes left and chips and even cupcakes and lame rock grapes. Please help yourself before you go for tonight. You want to cap off with that? Yes. And we'll have more stuff out in the morning. But take whatever you want tonight, please. For those of you who are staying at the hotel, breakfast is free. Now, they serve breakfast from 6 to 10, but we are starting up here at 9 o'clock sharp. So be here at 9 a.m., and we'll start up with the program once again. Officially 9.05, but 9 o'clock is when we're going to be starting up. And uh, thank you again for being here. I hope you enjoy yourself. Those of you who are not staying here, have safe travels. Yes. We are locking the room. If you want to leave your folders or leave, I wouldn't, yeah, it's up to you. But we are locking the room. The room will not be opened up overnight. Don't leave personal items, but if you want to leave your yeah. materials. If you want to leave your folders, if you want to leave that stuff, they, they will not be in here um, to clean or anything like that. That's, that's done for the evening. Okay? Any questions? Thank you. See you tomorrow.